This episode of A Pair of Bookends is sponsored by Stained Paper Creations. They create bespoke vintage bookmarks and prints. One of our lucky listeners can win a selection of bookmarks by reviewing the podcast and sending us a screenshot of their review with their Insta handle via DM at A Pair of Bookends Pod. Welcome to A Pair of Bookends, the book club you can carry anywhere. We are your hosts and hopefully your new bookish pals. I'm Hannah MacDonald. And I'm Lydia Clare. Each month we will feature a book of our choice. We will chat about our opinion of the books and the theme surrounding it. We will also be discussing other bookish things such as events, prizes, upcoming releases and other exciting news. This month's book club episode is dedicated to Our Wives Under the Sea, the debut novel by Julia Armfield and published by Picador. Julia is the author of the much acclaimed short story collection Salt Slow, which was published in 2019, and she was the winner of the Pushcart Prize in 2020. But before we get started today, let's have a catch up. Lydia, (laughs) what are you currently reading? What am I currently reading? It's honestly, I'm only two chapters in and I'm already loving it. So I'm reading The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller on the long list for the Women's Prize of Fiction. Oh my goodness. It's saucy. It is very saucy. I am loving it. It's right up my street and um, somebody very special bought it for me. I don't know who that was. No idea. I don't know. No idea. Stalker. She keeps sending me <laughs> Lydia was saying before that um, if she died, please don't die. What? If she was to die and somebody was looking through her books, they would just find all these notes from books that I've sent her. They'd be like, who's this Hannah? Who's this creep? Why is she like, such a stalker? <laughs> but it's, it's such a special book. It's just. I loved it so much. I think sometimes I've had a bit of a rough book before it. I literally started it, I was like, please be God please be good and oh my goodness is it good yeah it's yeah, good I'm thoroughly enjoying that sorry did I mention that there's going to be a HBO adaptation of The Paper Palace oh here she is with her adaptations I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited for it um, I'm very upset that it's not cast me but you know rude very rude um, <laughs> yeah it was one of those books where I think that I, it's got I've got high expectations for it so I'm happy that the first few chapters that I've got into I'm already loving so it's just got to hold that hold me yeah. now for the rest but other than our wives I I've just come off reading Milkman by Anna Burns that's your favorite read of the year isn't it so far it's <laughs> your first five star read no yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you, you didn't enjoy all of it <laughs> and that's all we've got time for today. <laughs> I'm so glad that it's not the book of the month because honestly, so I'm reading it for the bookathon with Betty in the Box, who does Bookscram. She has organised this whole like bookathon thing, which is such a fab idea. So fun. So we're reading all of the Booker Prize. It's dead hard to explain without sounding complicated, but all of the Booker Prize winners in reverse order, right? Monthly. So we started with Promised by David Galgot, then Shuggy Bane. You know, and we're going back. Yeah. Yeah. like this so we got to milkman by anna birds and it's been on my tbr trolley for ages and i was like i really want to get to that and i kept picking it up like i'm gonna read it and then luckily betty was like 
let's do this i'm mm-hmm. like brilliant and i just can't get on board with it i couldn't i tried it was a slog i, I totally got what it was trying to do mm. and why it won it's very clever it's very cerebral is it an irish author yeah yeah and it's it and it's set in a fictional town in ireland and it's very much about the troubles mm-hmm. and protestants and catholics but they are not mentioned by that name it's this religion and the other religion right and it's very much so that you kind of don't know which side you are on and like no one's got a name it's all middle sister and sister-in-law and you know first sister and mm-hmm. all stuff which is great and it's lovely and it's you know a piece of literature that you would sit and study oh fabulous but my god i just didn't enjoy it i just couldn't get past something and i don't know what yeah. it was i was sat there and i thought oh my gosh this is taking me <laughs> hours so a 300 page book usually for me would take me maybe a couple of days or you know if they're good days where i've got a bit of reading time but you know not it took me a week Hmm. to read this book and it's just oh my gosh i was just so over it over the style i just couldn't no i did thoroughly enjoy all your uh, whatsapp updates oh. <laughs> so I, I still like, not finished when will end <laughs> when will end and i knew that i had our wives next and i knew that you were you were saying it was worth a read and i was like why it's, it's literally <laughs> like eating your main meal and it being disgusting and looking at the dessert like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy. Oh my god, I want to use that. Um, but yeah, so I've um, I've had a rough time, guys. I've had a really rough time. There should be some kind of like bad books helpline. Well, well, this, well I'm doing the um, Montana Book Company. Check them out on Instagram. They're amazing. They are doing a challenge this year. One of the challenges for reading one of the books is uh, turns out this book sucked, and I have found the book that is going to go on that. What? That's part of a challenge. Yeah. So they, how would you know if the book sucked before reading it? So you don't. So ah, okay. you read it and then you you can fit it into a category. Right. So it's got like winner of the Booker Prize. Ah, right. Author from another continent, and it's, it's great to get you like stimulated into reading different things. Yeah, giving you like prompts and stuff. Yeah, it's fabulous and really really good. And check out that's supposedly fun because it's a massive advocate for Montana Book Company. I was like, what am I going to pick? Usually, I pick reasonably good books so very rare you get a dud yeah especially not one that's won the book a prize but my god it's going on there did it win yeah it won it won that's why it's for the bookathon it won. oh god yeah of course yeah. and literally i'm like this has got to be some good stuff but it reminded me of the sellout by paul Beatty, which also won the book a prize Oh. I know. Don't tell anyone. I won't. Guys, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> anyway, on, a, on hopefully a better note, what have you been reading? And please tell me it wasn't Milkman. <laughs> it wasn't Milkman. Thank you. So I'm currently reading The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn, mm. which is from the Women's Prize Longlist. I'm not going to read all 16 books, I don't think, but that was one of the books that I really, really wanted to get to, mm. and someone may or may not have bought it for me. Once again, that pesky little fairy keeps coming <laughs> um so yeah I've, I've been reading that and i'm actually really enjoying it you know what it's given me um succession vibes oh. i loved succession i found it so funny and it's really like dark humor and it's about like you know this elite family in america and it well it's like a family drama <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, so much, guys. i have watched it 
it's so good you need to watch it oh my god lit um but it's giving me kind of succession vibes um in that the dad of the family uh, ray hanrahan is um this artist who has had his kind of bout of fame Mm -hmm. and he's now kind of at a point in his career where he's struggling and his wife is also an artist and he gives her a lot of grief for he doesn't like her succeeding oh yeah so it's kind of a family drama kind of tug of war i guess in their careers and in their relationship and the fallout from them the, the impact that any issues with them has on their kids yeah. and their children as adults I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and i think because of watch succession it's kind of given me those vibes but i'm not that far into it i've only read like 75 pages but i'm actually really enjoying it so i feel like 75 pages though is a good enough amount of a book to say that you're enjoying like, it I'm like, yeah no i am really enjoying it it's just been revealed that there's it's not really a spoiler as such because it does tell you when you read upon the book anyway the wife is having an affair with a female mp so it's like and we were talking before that we love a good like infidelity storyline we love it love love it it. drop it in there i love it um love it so (laughs) i think that's the same kind of vibe with the paper palace like it's just so exciting i don't know why so really enjoying that and i also recently finished shuggy bane oh (laughs) shugs Shuggy, um, which is a beautiful, beautiful story. It's set in Glasgow, set in public housing and kind of about poverty and about hope and hopelessness and class. And it explores so many darker topics. Um, and it's, you know, it's about addiction and it's between the mother and her youngest son and how he kind of has to grow up way before his time in order to kind of be the primary carer for his mother who's struggling with an alcohol addiction and it's just it's so sad and just like heartbreaking in parts but it's also so beautifully told couldn't get enough of it and i think it was about 400 pages but i absolutely flew through it yeah it's one of them books yeah it's just it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and i feel like douglas stewart can write women and like especially mm-hmm. women that i feel i know yes like, yeah like, it's really hard to find a male author that writes a woman well yeah i mean let's face it yeah it's so rare um but it was just it's beautiful it was absolutely beautiful and he writes the book about these women that i have seen i grew up in a council estate yeah i know these women that go dress up to the nine yeah to like the corner shop yeah i know that these women's conversations are authentic yeah it's authentic it feels like he's he's sat there with a glass up against the wall yes yeah these conversations and i think for him to get it so accurately Mm -hmm. it's so brilliant yeah really really good yeah i love the dialogue in it perfect i'm hearing so so many many good good things things about his new novel young mungo which is published today oh it's It's out today which is very dangerous because we're going to waterstones later oh no already got lists the length of our arms of what we want to pick up yeah books we wanted yeah it's like oh yeah just a couple and then next week you know we're like i've sent her about seven messages yet (laughs) (laughs) oh and this one oh you heard this one just a little bit just a little bit could be worse it could be <laughs> <laughs> no i'm very excited for that and we're gonna go to the douglas stewart event aren't we we are which um, i'm very excited for i'm gonna go see him talk about young mungo mm-hmm. very excited for that i, I loved shuggy bane when i read it for the first time and i've seriously considered rereading it since just because i loved it guys i will never let you down i have looked it up 
and the TV rights to Shuggy Bane have been bought. <laughs> so, alright, I got you back. Anybody out there that cares about adaptations as much as me, I've got you. Anyone out there, really? Vivian's <laughs> like, it's not me, I don't care. <laughs> Stop. I love an adaptation. We know you do. We know you do, okay? Well, that sounds very exciting. It is. But I'm yeah. not old enough to play his mum, so. No, you're not. Forget. Definitely not. Missing out. Maybe Catherine. Maybe you're within yeah. the the casting type for Catherine. See? Maybe. I mean, she said it briefly, so. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll be it. You're world. basically irrelevant. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's the tagline for this podcast. Lydia, you're basically irrelevant. <laughs> Don't. I feel horrible now. <laughs> Should we move on to the book? Why not? <laughs> Lydia, would you like to introduce it for us? I would love to. Our Wives Under the Sea. It's been described as a literary horror. It reads as contemporary fiction with a sci-fi horror twist. It's told from two perspectives. It's a portrait of a marriage between Leah and Miri, and the novel develops from the tender to the gothic and disturbing. It's a story of falling in love, loss, grief, and what life there is in the deep, deep sea. Today's episode will contain spoilers. It's impossible for it not to contain spoilers. You have been warned. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's basically just a novel about a woman whose wife goes missing, on a submarine and then comes back. What more do you need? She comes back, but she's not quite herself. (laughs) A little bit different. (laughs) Um, So, Hannah, please give me your thoughts. You know what? I really, really loved it. And I actually think this is going to be in my top ten of the year. There she goes again. I think it is, you know. You know what? April. I know. <laughs> but I just loved it so much. Yeah. I was so invested in the story. And I'm obviously such a big fan of contemporary fiction. And the storytelling and the structure and kind of format of the novel reads very much like a contemporary fiction book um but then it obviously wasn't that it takes a very different turn and i would never kind of go for sci much to lady's despair i wouldn't really go for something that's like horror or sci-fi or anything like that it's not my usual vibe i just i don't know why i've got this thing that i just don't think i'd enjoy it i think because i don't necessarily watch those kinds of films because i don't enjoy them as much much to my boyfriend's despair (laughs) i don't want to go for those books but this book really took me by surprise yeah it really did I mean, we often describe books as, like, unique and the kind of... When I review books, I find myself having to resist the urge to be like, this is unlike anything I read before. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this really felt unique. It did feel different to anything like I read before. I also really, really enjoyed the... I wouldn't say enjoyed, actually. I think it was had a really great portrayal of health anxiety in there. And I massively struggled with that last year. And, yeah, when I was reading the parts about it, I was like, that is exactly how I feel. I've never been able to articulate it in the way that it is in this book. There's a moment where Miri is at a party and she's having a conversation with somebody and her mind is just thinking about the fact that she's not really interested in this conversation. She just wants to go to the toilet and check that her tongue is the right colour. And it sounds so silly and funny, but it's actually what your brain does. It's actually like, oh, but I really want to check this lump on my neck. I really want to go and see if this is okay. And you're convinced and you're kind of having to talk yourself down all the time and I've never read anything that's 
portrayed it so well and i think i'm always interested in books that explore like mental illness and things like that and whilst this wasn't a book that was based on mental illness i really liked that that was an element in the story that was explored i liked how it was just a part of mary yes yeah how she was a hypochondriac but she was yeah there, there was no cure for it she wasn't no. on a therapy to get rid of it no no she wasn't trying to think of solutions to help no she was literally just i'm a hypochondriac and that's it and that's how i how i am and that was it yeah and i think that that was such a brilliant way of doing it yeah it didn't make it a thing it wasn't a. it wasn't the center of it it was an yeah. aspect which i thought was really good i also think it was just a really beautiful insight into a into a marriage and just like the really like tender moments between them it was just so lyrical and her writing style is just so gorgeous and it's I haven't read Salt Slow I heard amazing things but I haven't read it um, so this was my first kind of look at her writing style and I just loved it so much and really want to get my hands on Salt Slow now yeah me too yeah me too um, but Lydia what did you think I loved it <laughs> it's the opposite of a milkman <laughs> it, I, just a bit just a bit I loved it I really did it was I felt like I would love it because it was right up my street the premise of it like mm-hmm. somebody going missing on a submarine and then coming back and not being themselves like mm-hmm. the minute I hear that I'm like oh no I need to know what's gonna happen <laughs> like right up my street and as soon as I picked it up and started reading you start reading from Miri's um, perspective and then it goes into Leah's and reading how well she can kind of encapsulated their relationship at the beginning so that you felt like you knew these people yeah it felt very authentic it felt very kind of well researched as well yeah um, i agree and i was just like this is everything that i wanted from this novel and sometimes i think when you go into a novel like i was talking about paper polish with expectations of it being mm-hmm. good it can let you down really quickly yeah this book did not let me down for a second every single part of it i was like oh my gosh you need to know she leaves you on little cliffhangers but not massive ones no it's not like a to paradise behind you <laughs> like, i mean like, yeah that's it you're never gonna know anything <laughs> it's sort of like she's gonna tease you a little bit but she's giving you solutions all the time she's giving you the resolutions to it it was rip roaring it was adventurous it was thrilling but it was a contemporary novel yeah this is what i can't explain to mm-hmm. people so it felt like a stephen king novel and it felt like sally rooney yes completely agree how does how yeah. that person how yeah that arrived at? yeah like, that can't they can't go together you yeah never believe no for a second that they can no. go together but it did yeah and it's just a, a complete testament to her talents Amazing. like absolutely fantastic because i was actually going to ask you what genre you thought it would fit into yes it's horror it's got horror elements yeah there's there's a part where she hears leah in another room being sick and runs into the room to see what's happening and that was terrifying yeah i was so scared and there's a bit with Leah's eye oh Jesus nearly died it's like David Cronenberg movies like the fly like yeah it's like what the hell like where are you coming from I wrote down in my notes vomiting water what the fuck question mark <laughs> and no one gets it. No. no. One gets it. And this is what I mean. And it's you know it's grotesque, it's horror, but then it's a love story. Yeah. It's tender. It's subtle, delicate. And I think it was really beautiful that Miri never feared Leah. No. There was like really horrific things happening, but even her reaction to Leah's eye, she didn't seem disturbed. No. She was 
she was obviously disturbed, mm-hmm. but she wasn't like screaming in horror and running away and like hiding from her. Yeah. It was as though like she tripped over and cut her knee and she was like, okay, let me get some yeah. antiseptic and sort that out for you. It was like such a kind of, this a really horrific, unsettling thing was happening. And then she found herself in this really disturbing scenario, but she was reacting in a really tender and loving way. Yeah. I wonder how many times we've said tender so far. <laughs> but it is but But yeah i wonder how much a part of leah being a woman kind of influenced Mm. that feeling and whether or not would we have been but then in in a lot of horror stories women aren't presented in this way and i don't know if it's because it's a female author but we are presented as you know somebody that just screams hysterically and runs away a victim yeah um and somebody that's kind of quaking in terror yeah and Um, handles it not like a victim no not at all it's like a transition almost she's handling it herself this is her yeah she's just going with it and i think that her vibes i'm panicking here mm-hmm. you start panicking because you feel my vibes you feel me panicking or yeah yeah, yeah. stuttering or whatever and you, yeah oh and it, you, know, <laughs> you, you feed off that energy yeah you do whereas if i'm chilled and you know what it doesn't matter that i'm mm-hmm. doing from all of my orifices <laughs> it doesn't matter you know chill out hannah you're kind of a bit more like all right like we can chill out okay you can deal with this and I think that Leah's reaction to what's happening to her is very much in that vein, like, I'm keeping calm. Yeah. And so Marie kind of thinks, well, do I need to react mm-hmm. badly? Do I need to be panicking? If she's yeah. telling me not to call a doctor, I don't need to. I also really enjoy um, when stories are told from multiple perspectives. I think we spoke about that in the to paradise episode mm-hmm. and i think she did that really well i think it can be done badly oh god yeah but this wasn't it was it wasn't jarring i never left Miri not wanting to go to leah and i never left yeah her not wanting to go yeah. to Miri. yeah like, even though i wanted to stay with that story mm-hmm. i was like oh don't leave me there yeah i was still like i'm still happy to go back to this other character yeah I think when you feel like oh i can't be bothered with the john bits and then you're like oh we're about to drown. Like, yeah. I think that's when you know it should have been a one-person narrative. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, I just, I just thought it was beautiful. I was curious, though, as to why Leah's sections were shorter than Miri's sections. Did you notice that? I think it was to do with the pacing. I think because not a lot happens on the submarine. I think it's... Not a lot happens, but well, so much happens. So much happens. <laughs> but in terms of, like... I think trying to maintain that kind of mystery and the reasons for what's happened at home in the future, because the bits on the submarine are in the past, I think that it has to be paced a little bit more fast-paced for Leah. Yeah. So that we get that kind of... I don't know, it felt important that they were shorter Mm -hmm. for me. Um, So, yeah, so I think that the pace of it was actually really well done. And I think that, that having... Leah's bit shorter were actually it was actually intentional and important that it was that way but yeah I never I never felt like I was out of it I loved, no. I loved it I was just in, I was consumed by it mm-hmm. and I just wanted to read it all in one sitting yeah, and I didn't get a to and I was really frustrated and I was sat there like I need to know <laughs> kids I know you need your tea but you can forget it because mama's reading please no, but then I also didn't want any distractions like sometimes like milkman I was reading like on the bus on like near a motorway hoping it would go under a car but like I was like please like I just want to get these pages done yeah whereas I was like no I want quiet I want quiet I want the atmosphere mm-hmm. I want to feel in the atmosphere because it's very atmospheric yeah I felt like it was in a diving bell or something yeah it was it was so kind of claustrophobic. It is, yeah. And it's all set 
pretty much all of it is set either in a submarine or in their flat. And that was very like, like I want to get out. Mm-hmm. I want to get out. <laughs> yeah. Great. Really well done. I think as well, like the choice for Miri to be in a job where she works from home yes. and she's constantly isolated, I think was a really interesting choice considering we've just come out of the pandemic and a lot of people have had to adjust to that. Yeah. So a lot of people can kind of understand that in it from a sensory yeah. point. People could have experienced that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of makes it all the more unsettling. Yeah, because, I mean, look at the claustrophobia everyone felt the minute we went into lockdown. Yeah. It's like, I must have an hour to exercise. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't know about you guys. Go for me watch but, around the block. But since uh, lockdown finished, I've not been going out for exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, you know, as soon as that's taken away from you, you, yeah. you it, it's really interesting to see how people react. Yeah. And, yeah, I just thought it was so, so well done that that kind of claustrophobic being in this house and and then sharing this space together but not really yeah like you know cohabitating yeah yeah like they were both circling each other like sharp but yeah i i loved that bit i really did i actually i fell in love with them both just a bit did it get five stars though it didn't lydia explain why guess what guess what i gave it four 0.75. 0.75. Wow. That's how sake. close it was to a five. There was one thing, one reason why I couldn't give it a five. Because it was unresolved. No, because, and this is a gigantic spoiler, guys. So if you don't want to spoil it, skip about two minutes. But the reveal of the eye in the submarine. Okay. When they see it, I didn't want to see it. You didn't want to see it? I didn't want to see it. Okay. You don't need to see it. It's so so much more effective when you don't see something. Okay. It's left to your imagination. Yeah. We're left with the questions then. What was it? What is it? And yes, we still are, but we saw an eye. An eye means a sentient being. An eye means it can see. An eye means it's a creature or a... Yeah. And yeah. It, it gave, it took, and it was like, no! Yeah. I want to see, it's like in a, in a horror movie when, yeah. when you finally see the ghost or you finally see the demon or whatever. Yeah. Unless that demon's going to be absolutely terrifying and fantastic yeah. and, and end the whole book on that mm. climax or the whole movie on the climax of that reveal, Yeah. then great. But the fact that it didn't, mm-hmm. the fact that it was just kind of mentioned, I was a bit like, didn't really want to see that. No. That. I normally really struggle as well with books that are, like, left unresolved. Yeah. But I didn't kind of mind it with no, with I this. Didn't. I was like, you know what? You're such a good writer. I'll let you do that to me. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, a part of me is like, oh, that's really frustrating. And I was... I think the thing that I found frustrating that wasn't revealed is what happened when they came out like i wanted to see that moment when they came out yeah i wanted to know what happened when they came out like their first moments of Mm. of being out and you know what the hell is happening and Mm. what just happened and like you said what happened with mateo yeah and you don't get a lot of leah's kind of understanding of what's happening no so so you get her when she's it's her sort of diary isn't it that that you're reading in retrospect but we don't get her thoughts as the transition is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, Which would be so interesting. Yeah, totally interesting. But I get why she left it out. I totally mm-hmm. get that. But I think that because we don't get that, there's a lot of mystery there. Yeah. Like of a lot of, like, yeah. supposition that we have to make as readers. Like, mm-hmm. right, okay. So this thing's happened and she's suddenly just kind of going with it. There's something missing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel, felt like there was a little bit missing from the narrative. Yeah. But I don't know. I think... 
is it better for that? Probably. Yeah. I think I prefer the narrative being like that, but mm, tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. <laughs> um, we do have some questions for each other. Yeah. About the book. Questions. Got some questions. Can I start? Uh, yeah, you may. You may. I'll let you this may. time. Um, so we did actually meet Julia. Well, we didn't meet her as such we went to her event she has no idea who we are well we sort of yeah, yeah we, we, we got her to sign our books yeah <laughs> we're not that important guys <laughs> you did you yeah, did um and it's because of your question Ooh. that i'm asking you this so at the event lydia asked uh, the event was with julia armfield and with miss sorry williams is that how you say her name yeah, sure. um, the, the author the of the Gloriad, yeah um, Lydia asked them um, who their favourite authors were and what they were reading whilst they were writing um, and they both said that their favourite author is Stephen King which also happens to be one of Lydia's favourite authors he's a god he's a god of once man I've still not read any Stephen King much to Lydia's despair honestly shocking um, so my question to you Lydia um, as you, one of your favourite authors is Stephen King and you're a Stephen King super fan. <laughs> I love that. I that I'll sort that out for you. I'll sort that out. I'll talk to my people. <laughs> um, in what ways could you see his influences in Armfield's writing? Oh, massively. So I think firstly was the sense of the mundane. So, mm-hmm. so what Stephen King does brilliantly is root his characters in reality. Mm-hmm. So very much like it will be your average Joe. Like if you if you ever read the stand all of the characters are kind of average characters regular guys regular girls just going about their lives and something extraordinary happens to them in the case of the stand a pandemic in the case of things like uh, salem's lot a vampire appears you know everything very (laughs) much kind of like grounded in reality Mm -hmm. and this is what julia ranfield does fantastically yeah she grounds you with these two people with this marriage this marriage is the crux of everything yeah and then she says let's make something fantastical happen to them and then where are you going to go with it and also the elements of horror so stephen king does horror better than any other author i'm saying it mic drop fight me (laughs) tell me there's a better author show me a piece of literature that is as good as stephen king at his best writing horror no one is as good you read it and you will be terrified it is groundbreaking and spine chilling and books are very hard to get right in terms of horror genre yeah very hard to get right because it's difficult to get scared by a piece of paper <laughs> it really is it really is because you can look away yeah you can close the book and you, it's gone the yeah atmosphere is gone you have to be gripped and he does that brilliantly and what julia armfield does equally is she puts those elements of horror in mm-hmm. right when you need them and she gives you a little bit and then she takes it away and then she gives you a bit more and she takes it away and it's fabulous you don't know what's going on yeah she she lets you go off kilter and then she gives you this the these payoffs so the eye coming out mm-hmm. the, the vomiting of water the scaliness of the skin the reveals of inches of her skin that you haven't seen before yeah um very much like the body horror kind of type of genre and if you read i'd say something like thinner by stephen king is another one of those kind of body horror books and it's just you can see that she admires him yeah and it's i read the chalk man by cj tudor it's not good <laughs> fight me fine but it's not and um she is heavily influenced by stephen king right but heavily influenced and then there's 
copycatting. Oh, okay. And it felt very much like she'd just read a Stephen King novel and, and mixed up words and put it in her right. own novel. It just it was so similar. It was ridiculous. There were people on like swim bikes and all sorts and this is like Stephen King's like go to thing mm. and I don't know, like it was just it was a copy. This is not a copy. This is an homage to the people that have gone before in this genre. Yeah. It's not really a genre, but in this this world of mixing the horror with the mundane. And yeah. I think that you can see his influence. You can see that she is a fan. Yeah. There's no way you could read this book and not go, this feels a bit like Stephen King. Yeah. But in a great way, not like, oh, this this is reminding me a lot of Stephen King. But it's it makes you go, oh, this is like a Stephen King novel. Yeah. Like, it makes you relive that. It makes you want to go pick it up. Like, I've just read Dolores Claiborne by Stephen King at the start of this month. And, yeah, you can see it. That correlation, it's brilliant. It's lovely to see as well that people are carrying on that tradition mm-hmm. of kind of... How many books has he written? At least 50-odd, I think. And they're not sure either, are they? They're not sure. I mean, the stand is a thousand pages long, unabridged. Um, it is probably about 800 pages, I think. And, yeah, he wrote... He, writes like a demon he writes a book a year on average sometimes two depending on he writes for um hard case crimes right there is independent publisher that kind of do pulp fiction okay really cool um so kind of books with like half naked ladies on the front and you know men with guns but in a very much like they know their own thing like an ironic and it's you know what it's brilliant the some of the stuff he's written for them is amazing really really recommend um a book called joyland or the colorado kid that he both did for hard case crimes but this isn't a podcast about Stephen king it's not but you i don't think julia would mind though no you can't acknowledge this book without acknowledging Stephen King's influence yeah she she said to me at the event how can you be doing a podcast about me if you've not read a Stephen King book but shade thrown personally Julia I feel attacked but (laughs) I have now got the shining sat on my TBR Oh my gosh. So you can thank yourself for that. Yeah. I went to my mum and my stepdad's house and my stepdad loves Stephen King. And I was like, Elliot, what have you got for me? <laughs> so shout out to Elliot, my stepdad, for kindly lending me his copy of The Shining. Thank you, Elliot, for spreading the Stephen King. We appreciate it. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to lend him our wives under the sea Isn't now. Well, I mean, once you are a fan as well of Stephen King, you become like his like advocate yeah you're like oh, whenever you're in a conversation you're just, uh what's doing king like this <laughs> king quoted that one um, but yeah it's uh it's fun but i have a question for you okay so who would you rather play in the film adaptation leah or miri oh and why bloody hell that is a good question. That you love an adaptation. I do. Okay, that's a really good question. Okay. <laughs> I think I would... Oh, this is a really tough choice. But I'm going to go with Leah. Ooh. Because I think it's so fun... I'm just not to be coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so fun as an actor. Obviously, th- that's why I became an actor, because I get to play characters that are completely different to who I am. And there are obviously elements to Miri that I feel are quite similar to me. I would have totally pegged you for a Miri. Yeah. I'd have pegged you Exactly, for exactly. I love it. But to play Leah would be totally different to, to me. I know nothing about being a marine biologist. I know nothing about what goes on in the depths of the ocean. Um, and I would be interested to find out. Maybe. So it'd be an opportunity to research, which I love doing, um, and to read my books. Okay. <laughs> and um, I think 
the filming scenes in that like intense tiny space would be so exciting yeah and thrilling and you know i wondered to what extent in an adaptation the actors would be kind of method acting oh yeah yeah i just think it'd be such a fun part to play and especially the transformation when she comes out what a journey exactly what a journey um so yeah that's my reasoning who would you play well now you see i love i would love to play leah because of just being able to do a little bit of body horror and fun stuff like that yeah like how exciting but i do love the idea of miri and the fact that kind of being the one left behind yeah getting to explore that kind of yeah um it'd be a huge emotional journey yeah the emotion of it yeah because i think that when leah starts to transition her emotions kind of become lesser and i think that as leah lessens miri intensifies and i think it'd be it's it's be nice to play someone like that to yeah have that kind of scope so yeah i think i think i'd pick miri well we're available guys if you want to pick us up here we are both actors but yeah no definitely my My next question question for you is did you think it was an accident no i don't i don't think that mateo's paranoia was paranoia i genuinely think he was onto something yeah and i think there's a reason we don't see him again and i think that part of the reason might be that he was going to blow this up because i think that do you think they knew exactly what they were doing send them down there why did they have so much food yes yeah why did they have so many supplies why did it just come back on things that are broke yeah don't fix themselves in water it just doesn't happen no i think it was i think it was intentional and i think there's a reason why they can't get hold of anyone at the center and why it's impossible to get hold of anyone i found the boss guy really interesting kind of like this got like a letter, letter jacket on like like chilled yeah yeah and he's kind of like the boss of this massive company and very interesting yeah lots of mystery around it a yeah lot you could delve they just into. like delete the website and just completely go off grid off grid completely gone why was it government oh that is it, i didn't even think of that were they hired to say let's do this experiment we know something's down there or you know let's let's put them down there and see what happens is it was that did they actually see anything could julia they? throwing all these spanners in the works julia, i'm gonna be thinking about this book forever <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my final question okay final question is what do you think the book this is a big one okay what do you think that the book is ultimately trying to say i know don't go in the ocean (laughs) (laughs) it's a hard one yeah i think for me it's about learning to let go yeah and that's letting go of fear letting go of anxiety and letting go of grief yeah i think there's definitely an exploration of letting go of control yes Yes, beautiful, yeah. I think Miri's character is used to explore that beautifully, especially with anxiety. Yeah. Because insight into therapy. Um, (laughs) When I was having therapy for for anxiety, I was told that anxiety is often about a lack of control and wanting to keep that control (laughs) and how you do need to let go of it and you're often like you know considering worst possible outcomes yeah because you feel better prepared and more in control that you've already thought that through mm-hmm. and i think you know with her being a hypochondriac and that being exp- 
explored and her having to wait six months to find out where her wife is and her not being able to get in contact with the centre and her having to gradually watch her wife transform into this creature and um, there's just so many things where she has to just let go yeah and everything's out of her control and I think she actually copes with that really well so that's probably what I would say because uh, uh, when I was reading it I had a little theory it didn't turn out to be true <laughs> <laughs> many of my theories do um but I had a theory that Leah actually hadn't come back oh I did think that for a bit I did <laughs> yeah she's not come back she's just because th- there's an, a part in the book where she uh Mary goes online to and looks at this kind of like chat room for women who have made up yeah uh, which i thought was hysterical women that have made up that yeah. their partners are astronauts yeah and they are far away in space and yeah lost and like on the moon um and they just don't know when they're going to come back and they sit there and think <laughs> about him you know like, i fully believe that this is a real thing i was like if this isn't real like i really want to sign up like so she's looking at this and i thought the imaginary part of that i'm like are you telling me julia that Leah in the bathroom is not really in the bathroom and that she's just been told she's dead and she's just having to deal with the grief in her own way. I was pretty sure that's going to happen. It isn't what happens, but I think that it felt like there was elements of that kind of like that loss being very prominent. Yeah. And I like having to navigate grief when the person is still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you, when someone gets very poorly yeah so with my mom she got uh, she had a brain hemorrhage and she was very poorly Mm -hmm. and then when she recovered yeah and recovered is quite a weird word for that because i don't think you truly do but she got back on her feet a little bit she was no longer the mum that I knew. Yeah. And I think that you grieve a little bit for the person that you've lost. Yeah. Even though they're still there. Yeah. And it is very true. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people listening will probably have had similar experiences yeah. with people that have got dementia, people that have um you have like injuries. The grief whilst the person is still there and then you have the secondary grief when you lose them again again. yeah Yeah. which i did it's like a double loss which is yeah and i'm gonna if you haven't read the book and you don't want to hear the ending then don't then skip ahead now um but the the ending oh my god it killed me i was like i'm not surprised i really it's so beautiful when she was saying like my leah my leah Mm -hmm. because it was it was the loss of her leah like and it wasn't just that she was saying leah it was my yeah leah Leah. and given and And it was her yeah and it was having to having to let go of the idea that her leah wasn't hers anymore yeah and she was giving it to the ocean okay you want her there you go it was like an offering like a peace offering yeah yeah oh it's yeah it brings it like i've literally got goosebumps yeah it. it's it it was so moving and as she was doing it and i could feel it i could yeah. feel yeah I'm holding me yeah herself, the way that she describes it is so beautiful mm. and i'm holding her and i'm feeling her that lightness yeah i'm feeling it going and ebbing and yeah like because i mean when you got to this part in the book you understand but it's not a body she's putting in no. it's something else yeah it feels like she's letting go of this and it's all coming together Mm -hmm. and it was just that's so important for someone who might be struggling with grief is that feeling of they're going but she's still in the thing yeah she becomes part of something else yeah and you know i'm not one to believe in in the afterlife or anything like that you know if you do then fantastic but i don't but i do believe in in this kind of end Mm. you know like 
goes somewhere something goes somewhere yeah and i think that that feeling of putting her back in the ocean she became part of what she loved the most she went back to what had always drawn her yeah and it was just it was so beautiful and and she got that feeling of like not wanting to let her go but knowing you have to do it yeah so well yeah so well and it was so moving and it was it really broke my heart as well and she was kind of speaking about you know she just found her body moving in the direction to take clear to the to the sea and it's that whole kind of you know what you're doing before you know what you're doing yeah yeah like she just made that her subconscious just made that choice for her like this is the best thing now like we need to let go it's and it's like it if you've ever been in a room with someone that's dying or has died it's a very out of body experience yeah you kind of it just happens yeah there is nothing nothing else around it Mm. it just happens and you can't stop it yeah and you can't do anything to alter it and you react the way you react yeah and it was just a wonderful way of showing that happening yeah in a very unconventional sense yeah like the way that she did it was so clever and yeah i I really loved the way it handled grief Mm. i really did and larson i I thought it was fantastic it really was (laughs) (laughs) so i've got a quote that i would like to read if you don't have any more questions we have to tell them the funny thing about this quote and the actual impossibility of this quote yeah so i arrived here this morning to see hannah so that we could prep for our podcast and just so that we could check that we didn't have the same quote i just asked her what she had picked we have the exact same quote (laughs) What are the chances of that? I mean, it just shows how bloody flawless her writing yeah, is. It's like a two hundred and nine. That I was like, this quote. We still managed to get the same exact quote same quote. As I'm telling you, it's brilliant. But yes, please, Hannah, go ahead. Okay, so this is page fifty-one. If you were wanting to read along, um, it's from Miri's section. Uh, so this is from Miri's perspective, and it's talking about their relationship. The thing about Leah as I knew her was that every so often when I was pissed off and sitting on the sofa, she would grab my legs and start to pedal them, chanting, Tour de France, Tour de France, until I laughed. The thing about Leah was that nine times out of ten, she couldn't bring herself to being kind about anyone, but then three times a year would say something so blisteringly cruel about someone we knew that she'd clap both hands to her mouth and turn in a circle as though warding off evil. At a point, perhaps six months after we'd first started seeing each other, she read a book in which a pair of lesbians emailed each other meaningful lines of poetry, and shortly afterwards, she asked if this was the sort of thing we should be doing too. If you ever send me poetry, I texted her, I'll cut your tits off. And over the course of the next week and a half, she emailed me every poem from the complete works of Wilfred Owen, signing off every email with a winking face and a heart. So gorgeous. So good. It is. It and really that's is. What I mean about those little details. Yeah. The mundanity of it. Yeah. It, it's just beautiful. Like I just think I can't. Believe those are like the intricate moments in a relationship yeah. that really make up like a love story. That no one else knows. Yeah. No one else knows. That yeah. Gets her legs and goes. Twenty friends. Twenty friends. To make a giggle. Like, and that is that's something that friends do. That's something that 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 you and your partner do. Like they Yeah. These little things that no one else knows that you guys do. And I just think it's such a wonderful thing to, and as well, to explain how Leah's persistency and sense of humour that she would say i well mary would say i will cut your tits off if you do that <laughs> yeah. every day for the next month she's like here's a little poem for you <laughs> and it's brilliant and you know 
it's funny mm. that we both picked that. Yeah. Out of all of the quotes we could have picked about the ocean and, you know, she, she writes so, so brilliantly about darkness and the horror. Yeah. We picked that light moment out mm-hmm. of all of it. I think yeah. it's really interesting. What made you pick that? I think it's the contrast of the light with the dark. And I'm currently working on a play. Um, we're taking it to Brighton Fringe next month. And it's a play about a sex doll. And it's between two characters. It's the sex doll and the wife of the man that's the owner of the sex doll. And it's very dark. And it's about, you know, a woman in this abusive relationship. And she's really kind of struggling with wanting to do everything she can to please her husband and wanting to kind of get some kind of reaction out of him and to get and to gain his kind of love and validation. So she gets him this sex doll as like an offering. And um, we were talking about how it's really important when you're exploring dark topics to find humour. Oh, massively. If you don't have humour, the comic relief and horror yeah. is precisely how good horror works. Yeah, because it's it's those moments that really take your breath away. Mm-hmm. You know, like her, like, cycling. You know, she's talking about these hilarious moments in their relationship where she's pedalling her legs and shouting Tour de France. Uh, she's talking about this while she's grieving the fact that her wife's come back as a totally different person and she's been alone for six months waiting for her wife to return and not knowing what's going on. Nobody's getting in contact with her, not knowing if she's dead or, you know, if she's ever going to see her again Mm -hmm. and just dealing with that. And I think, yeah, just the contrast of the light with the dark, those kind of moments intertwining, it, it just really did it for me. And it gives you a breath. It lets you take a breath. Yeah. Because it is so atmospheric, so yeah. dark, so difficult. Mm-hmm. You kind of sat there like, ooh, on edge the whole time. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And then when things like that happen, it gives you that relief. It does, yeah. And it and it gives you a great insight into their relationship. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I thought it was beautifully done. Yeah, it really was. So on to our next section. Yes, yeah, so I've got a brilliant question from one of one of our listeners. So it's from Meg from at Megan Abel. Uh, if you don't know her already, go check her out on Instagram because she is absolutely amazing. <laughs> she is indeed. Her, we love her. Her account is beautiful. It is. I mean, like... The most beautiful pictures, most you- beautiful reviews. She is also a writer and an amazing one at that. Well, that's just, she's one of them people that you have to hate because she's so good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that you hate you because you're so brilliant and I'm not. So, um, so Meg, we hate you. Um, <laughs> but we love you. But we love you, really. Um, yeah, so she sent um, a brilliant question. She asked, if you could have a dinner party with three characters, who would they be? And I've got at least one person that I definitely know has to be there. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's Jay Gatsby the great Gatsby <laughs> because he can pull a party off yeah right yeah he's gonna be we're gonna have like champagne yeah nice food yeah great little 20s vibes going yeah. on he's gotta be there then I'm thinking we might need someone to cook so who we're having who's good cook in literature that you can think of I'm trying to think of someone really nice like someone that's gonna make me something I'm gonna enjoy eating 
I mean, the food in... Have you read Love After Love uh, by Ingrid Passard? I think Ingrid Passard. Uh, yeah, it is, but I've not read it yet. It's oh, the food in that is unreal. Okay, so... I would be inviting yeah. Mr. Shetan, I think his name is. I'd be inviting Mr. Shetan. We've got him doing the food. He's doing the Gaffy food. We've the music in the vibes, We do, yeah. And the drinks. Cause we do. And then be giving the alcohol. Yeah. And then we need someone to stimulate conversation. Oh, someone funny. Oh, yeah, someone funny. Someone that's going to make me laugh. He's going to make Laugh. I'm like sat here looking at all your books like yeah and it's not all my books though some clues. Mm, this is a tricky one I think the main character in the transition baby still not read that have you not no oh my gosh she's hilarious that's a really great book for exploring the light with the dark oh no yeah like the, like the humor in that whilst exploring like you know really darker moments it's brilliant. I tell you who I think we should have. Who? Fleabag from Fleabag. Fleabag from Fleabag. Yeah, let's do. Let's do it. Just because I think it would be. His I, I was just thinking of books, but that, I mean. Well, I mean, maybe I. I don't know, Meg. Are you going to tell me off with stealing? No, I think go with it. I mean, it's been made into a book as well, hasn't yeah, it? Like it's with a play. the Fleabag, the scripts. They've, yeah, they've got that as well, so we can go with that. I'm going to go with that. I feel yeah. like she'd be really funny to talk to. Excellent choice. I feel like I feel like we've let ourselves down a bit i feel like it's someone really good that we've missed i know i'm gonna really kick myself but if you guys at home have any suggestions for who your three characters would be that you'd want to have at your dinner party please let us know i'd love to know what about the granddad in the 1893 section of to paradise (laughs) i mean he seemed to have very good dinner parties yeah but i would cry because i love i'd want him to organize it he would be amazing wouldn't he he would yeah let's go with him that's four we've decided it's four Meg we don't make the rules (laughs) all the rules already but yeah very interesting so thank you very much Meg for that brilliant uh, question it got us thinking it really did Uh, we have uh, missed a section for the book yes we have (laughs) we've got if you like this then read this (laughs) so Lydia Yes. Would you like to start us off? I would. So, obviously, who am I going to mention? No idea. Mr. King. What? Mr. King. Have you read Have you read any Stephen King? You, um, like, on and off. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Stephen King. Um, so, his book, Pet Cemetery, is basically has a very similar premise in terms of um, there is a cemetery in this town where you can go and bury somebody and they come back when they've died and it is a fascinating look again at grief loss at not accepting death and it is a brilliant book it is a fantastic book and it has a lot of similar vibes a lot of similar themes and yeah it's it's well worth a read i'd also say if you're looking for something that has the ocean as a character in itself life of pi is another great novel that will get you kind of loving the sea and the ocean and on what a great part of that it could be so yeah i think that's what i'd pick excellent choices um i have gone down a different route okay i'm very excited for this yeah so i have gone with um magma Oh. Which was published by, by Picador, and the writer is Thora, and then I'm not going to butcher her last name because I definitely can't say that surname. But it's an incredible book. She's Icelandic, isn't she? She is, yes. And I was kind of going with that 
for its intensity, mm-hmm. um, for the kind of little vignettes of like moments in their relationship mm-hmm. and the decline in their relationship and the kind of the piecing together of the jigsaw puzzle that is their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got that. It's very similar vibes in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wrote down Open Water Ooh. for a similar kind of like intimate examination of relationships in this kind of beautiful lyrical style. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously explores like the smaller, more intricate moments that make up a relationship and a love story. And so I was kind of going down the relationship, love story, romantic vibes. I love it. So if you're looking for a love story, there you go. I said love story. Magma's definitely not a no. love story. Don't go but, into it thinking that. It's that kind of, that's the literary side of it. Yes, it? yeah. The contemporary side yeah. of it. And I'm more talking about kind of like your horror vibes. Yes, which is what you know best, so. I enjoy it. <laughs> um, but I would also say on that note of the horror vibes, this book reminded me a lot of some films amazing so if you're looking for a film that's going to make you think about grief in a different way whilst absolutely being scared shitless <laughs> you want to watch the babadook okay so the babadook is a story a children's story okay um and it turns up one day at this little boy's house and he reads it and it's actually really scary. And the I think I've like, seen it, actually. Yeah, the mum's kind of like, this is really actually quite frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the mother has lost her husband right. in a car accident. He died. And um, she's just never accepted it. And it's about them being haunted by this ghost. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about grief and the letting go of grief yeah. and learning to live with grief. Yeah. And it is a great allegorical tale for stuff like that. So it's well worth it. Also, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's equally fun. Um, and if you quite like a little bit of body horror um, slash kind of freaky waterman vibes, um, go for Shape of Water. That is another, okay. another um, film about sort of loving someone from the ocean and kind of them not being themselves anymore mm. like that. It's, it's well worth a watch so yeah the babadook and shape of water were the type of uh, film that reminded me of nice and i think that if you're looking for something to like go with that vibe yeah chuck them on it's well worth a watch nice now on to our next section which is everyone's favorite um it's boy picks we've start got a boy picks we've not got a different name lydia i'm sorry this month my lovely boyfriend billy has picked the book um he has had a very busy time recently with work and forgot to basically slacking he's slacking (laughs) (laughs) he forgot to buy the book um but he has chosen the book and he sent us a picture and the synopsis and he sent it via email so that I wouldn't see it until I clicked on it today. <laughs> so we can kind of have a reveal. So. I'm so excited. Should we look? Let's look. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. He has picked Girl in Pieces by Kathleen Glasgow. <gasps> I've not heard of this. Well, should we listen to what he has to say oh, first? Yeah. Okay. Go on then, Bill. <laughs> Get him on. Get our Bill on. Hello. Um, so, yeah. Initially, this book, well, the front cover, I was, I was initially intrigued, and then uh, upon reading, I found that it was quite depressing. <laughs> but it looks like it's going to be quite funny too, so you've got a range of emotions in there. 
Um, we've used a drug, so, I mean, anything's better than the one you got last month. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy. <laughs> the shade! The shade at oh, Stephen. Down, Stephen! Wow. Wow. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, he was drawn in by the cover, which yeah. is, it's, how would you describe that? It's like it's um, been inked on, so um, the title is Girl in Pieces, it's been inked on and smudged. Yeah. And then red lines have been have been scrawled across the, um, yeah. the title. I feel like I've seen this, but I don't know where. I have not. I don't, it's definitely not on Bookstagram, I don't know if we've seen it online. Is it though? So, what it says here is, it's a heartbreaking, triumphant, funny, and hopeful story of one girl's battle with self-harm. Um, so, Charlie Davis is in pieces. At 17, she's already lost more than most people lose in a lifetime, but she's learned how to forget it through cutting. The pain washes out the sorrow until there is nothing but calm. She doesn't have to think about her father or what happened under the bridge. Her best friend, Ellis, who is gone forever, or the mother who has nothing left to give her. Kicked out of a special treatment centre when her insurance runs out, Charlie finds herself in the bright and wild landscape of Tuscan, Arizona, where she begins the unthinkable, the long journey of putting herself back together. <gasps> that sounds amazing. Very dark. That sounds really... That sounds like a hard read. Yeah, very difficult. Those themes sound very difficult. I'm also really intrigued. Yeah, you've got intrigued in there. <laughs> hey, no, but it, I... I feel like I need to know more about her. Yeah. And about her story. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with at 17. A lot. Yeah. And it, just when I think about her father or what happened under the bridge, I'm like, what happened under what the bridge? Under the bridge. You got me. He's got me. I need to know more. I love that he was drew in by the title. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stephen definitely gave us more. <laughs> in his little <laughs> book snow. Still not read it. But yeah, no, I I, th- I think I I do love books that tackle those harder subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you said it was funny as well. Yeah, I'm intrigued. To, well, I'm intrigued. Um, <laughs> but I am intrigued to see is it is it going to be funny? Ha ha! You're going to be funny weird. Like yeah. I want to know about that and I want to see how they handle it. When we were talking about comic relief. Yes. Yeah. We'll but is it just going to give us relief from the like dark themes, like <laughs> bit of a moment of like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> pressure's been taken off a sec. Yeah, stop crying. I am excited. I think it'll be good to. I think it'll be great, a great book to discuss. Yeah, because I think that a lot of those themes are are kind of universal. I always find it interesting to to see what other people think about when people are going through trauma. Yeah, or have been through trauma. What people think about like where that brings you out of mm-hmm. and things like that it'll be nice to see your opinion on it i think yeah no. what are we rating his pick Ooh, i'm gonna give him i'm gonna give him a four wow okay i'm give him a four because i th- actually think that's a really good pick but just because i haven't heard of the author yeah and i haven't heard of the book yeah i'm thinking mm, yeah it's flown under my radar yeah is this for a good reason or a bad reason? That's true. He did say the reviews are good. Mm. So I think I'm going to give him a 4.5 because he's my boyfriend and I love him. God, so. Oh, <laughs> <God>, it's cheesy. <laughs> I love him. No. Um, 
yeah, I think he's got a good pick there. I think I'm impressed. Okay. And nice. he went off his own back because, to be fair, it's not any of the books. It's not on my wish list. No. Um, it's not a book that I've seen about. So he's gone off his own back. Yeah. To it, find that because it's not like he's gone and picked someone really popular either. Mm-hmm. Someone that he knows would be like ticking our box. So Lydia. Have you got any recommendations for us? I do. So I watched the most amazing documentary last night and it is a documentary on the author Joan Didion. It's called The Centre Will Not Hold. It's on Netflix. And oh my goodness, was it brilliant. Really? Oh, now I want to read everything she's ever written. I've not read any yet and I've got I've got some of her books and I'm desperate to read them now because the way that she talks she speaks so openly and honestly about things that have happened to her life so she lost her husband and then almost immediately after lost her daughter she's written about that in her books and it's a great documentary looking at her life the culture of the 60s and 70s yeah in la and malibu and Mm -hmm things and and then it goes to new york and stuff and it's just such a well done documentary yeah and i think the documentary i think it was directed by her son i love that it's it was just wonderful and you could tell that she was talking to someone that she loved and felt comfortable talking to and it was just it was wonderful it was a great look at her kind of body of work mm-hmm. over time so so we start off in her childhood and then it gives you glimpses of excerpts of her of her work throughout it whilst it shows you like where she was living what she was doing yeah. stuff like that and it's just fascinating mm. it is fascinating and yeah i just i've learned so much about her and it's definitely worth a worth a watch even if you're not going to read any joan didion just for the culture of of her writing and how it changed a lot yeah. of a lot of people's perspectives it's definitely a great one for me. I really, really enjoyed it. I was so glad I watched it. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. Well, I was umming and ahhing about watching it, and I was like, mm, should, should I read a book first? And I was like, no, I'm just going to watch it. And now I'm like... I'm and that's pushed you to... Yeah. yeah, which is great. <laughs> which is great. So, I mean, you've got a fair few of hers to get through. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So I won the giveaway from Tandon Collective. They they ran a Joan Didion, like, back catalogue giveaway, and I've won, like, six of her books. Love that. Like, oh, my goodness. I've never even read Joan Love it. <laughs> just, like, did it on a whim. Um, but, yeah, to, I'm glad that I've got them now. Oh, I'm excited to because we both bought The Year of Magical Thinking. Yeah, which is all about the year after her husband died. Mm-hmm and daughter died yeah she doesn't mention her daughter in the book it's just about her husband right um and about living in that grief and how she she feels that that year was very important Mm -hmm. she felt like once that year was over that it would become a memory yeah and i think that's really interesting yeah perspective yeah um so yeah i really want to read that so amazing um, i thoroughly enjoyed that and i'm also obsessed at the minute with the song numb little bug by M. Byhold, I think is how you say name. Not sure, um, but honestly, I've got it on repeat. I can't stop listening to it. It's it's like an earworm. I love that. Um, and it's a, a song about basically about <laughs> being depressed and having to be on an antidepressants and um, what they kind of make you feel like. And it, the lyrics are brilliant, and it's catchy, and it's poppy, and it's fun, but it's also telling you a lot about kind of people's internal monologues when they're when they are medicated <laughs> um and yeah it's brilliant love that. You? what have you been uh, up to recently um so 
I am currently watching, um, so me and my boyfriend, we have a series that we watch together at any given time and he's really great at getting through like a ton of series and films and stuff. Whilst I'm reading many books, he's watching a lot of things and we always have one series on the go that we're watching together and we only watch it together. And we are currently on the final series of This Is Us, which is on Amazon Prime and it is honestly one of my favourite series ever. And I would recommend it to anyone and everyone. I think it is so incredible and it speaks to everyone it's about uh, randall kevin and kate who are um triplets but randall is the adopted brother and it's about them as children and about their parents um whilst they were children and what their lives were like and what their marriage was like and then it's also about them as adults and them navigating their own families uh, their own children um their own careers you know kate's navigating things like body image um kevin's navigating fame randall's navigating um working in politics and um dealing with issues with race and it just it it tackles so many powerful themes and it is just so beautiful it has me in tears almost every episode and i'm so sad that it's the final series um and we're watching it in like real time so it's um there's a new episode every almost every week um but yeah it's just about family and relationships and life and death and kind of how complex we are as people and like it's so well written the dialogue is perfect it will like have you laughing out loud and then crying five minutes later like it's just so well executed and i love the various perspectives of each of the family members and the kind of flash from the kind of flashes that we get the insights that we get from their past to their present so you know their present day as adults navigating their own families to how their parents were navigating them when they were children and that family and it's just it's such an interesting look at family dynamics yeah. and it's perfect like oh. i can't recommend it any enough i think that'll be my next thing that i go on to. you have to watch it you I'm will just... be obsessed and i also wanted to recommend a book that i've read recently that i was gifted by europe editions which is the missing word by definitely going to butcher this name i'm sorry it's conchita de gregorio <laughs> and it's based on a true story it's about a a, a woman who is a mother to twin girls and they're very young children and she is experiencing a divorce from the father of the children and um the divorce is fairly amicable um and they are co-parenting and they've got this like fairly decent routine going and then um he kidnaps the children and they go missing and he then takes his own life and they never find out where the children are what happened to them she's kind of left with all these unanswered questions and it's honestly like so powerful it's you really feel like how debilitating that experience must have been for her and how like it's it's just so unsettling and she's italian and living in switzerland and how kind of the swiss police just kind of totally dismiss her and you don't know whether that's because she's a woman or because she's italian or both and um it's just 
so frustrating mm. having to read this from her perspective you're like well somebody just tell her what's happened to her children yeah. and it's it's told in a really clever way so it goes between like letters to her friends or letters that she writes to the police um and then it also is like little vignettes of um their relationship before all this happened and her kind of thoughts in the aftermath of this situation mm. um it's amazing and it's only about 130 pages okay. so i'm like how does she tackle this amount of stuff in 130 oh pages it really blows my mind when writers can do that it's the same with magma like, yes yeah you're like how yeah but it's it's so well written and it's yeah it's a great piece of translated fiction okay. i absolutely loved it it sounds brilliant so good i think that's all we've got time for today what a shame no yeah. but we're off to buy books we're going to buy books. <laughs> to go books um pretend we're not going to buy loads and then yeah I, I said to myself i'm not buying any today that's a lie oh, i really lie. i can't let myself have you seen how many books i've got on red have you seen the pile i've brought <laughs> well <laughs> i need to get the bread the devil need so yeah to be honest so do i so thank you so much for listening um if you've enjoyed the podcast today please do like rate review and subscribe to us um, as it helps to boost us in the charts um, we'd love it if you could share us far and wide so that other bookends can reach us um, if you have any questions or any kind of hot takes on our episodes you can message us on instagram at a pair of bookends pod or you can email us a pair of bookends at gmail.com email us there <laughs> thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you soon bye bye